0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We're using the text or the gospel reading that we've heard and in the children's talk and as our text and we just let me repeat what the question was from the teacher. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And then Jesus concludes by saying, who was the neighbour who acted as neighbour to this to these three men, and the, the man says, "The one who showed mercy." Can I say it's such a pleasure to be here with you, mainly because it's this text, and uh, it's just great to. I, I think I'm just slightly loud. Okay, <laughs> that's why we're getting the feedback. <laughs> um, it's it's a great text and in fact I having really looked at this particularly and one of the things that I enjoy about the scriptures as one has been has been in ministry a long time is we know this text back and frontwards. We know it off by heart. In fact, even the people outside the church know this particular story. So it's looking at what's familiar and seeing what deep little gems are in there. And uh, I, after having studied this, I actually think this is almost like a proof text that Jesus had to be God because there's no human being who would have ever told this story. I hope by the end you realise that. There's this lawyer who, an expert in the law who comes up to Jesus and said, says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? There's the first clue about the understanding of this passage. What's he say? What must I do? What must I do? So that doesn't sound perhaps the most freeing way of thinking about what one needs to do. And so I looked up the Greek for this, and lo and behold, the w- and I picked up the word must, and lo and behold, the word must doesn't actually appear in the, in the Greek. So that's a little bit of interesting. What it actually says is, what having done, shall I inherit eternal life? What having done, shall I inherit eternal life? In other words, what's the least I can do to get this good life? that's what he's actually asking what's the least what's the least I knew do need to do to get into heaven isn't this how often we how often we think as well what do I need to pay for that item what do I need to pay to get that shirt what must I pay to get that park that I've you know, that I've parked down the street here. What must I pay to get that? How many times must I be on the church cleaning roster to remain a member of this church? Or, even stronger than that, how many times must I go to Holy Communion to be considered a member of St Paul's Lutheran Church, Sydney? See, we think like those sort of things. You know, what's the limit that I have to do. And so Jesus takes him to the law. And what's he say? Well, the law, lawyer says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and love your neighbour as yourself, which is the great summary of the law. It's the vertical arm, you know, your connection with God and then your horizontal arm, your connection with other people. That's the simple, excellent answer. What the law actually says really in, in a summary is love God wholeheartedly and e- with everything you have and love your neighbour wholeheartedly as you wholeheartedly love yourself. In other words, it's complete love for God and complete love for neighbour. And then Jesus simply says, go and do this and you'll have eternal life. Not only in the in eternity, in fact I, I kinda want to say instead of saying talking about eternal life, you will have the good life in eternity and here. Just love God wholeheartedly and love your neighbour wholeheartedly, and you you will be the happiest person in this world. That's all there is. That's what life is about loving God and loving a neighbor wholeheartedly. So Jesus expected him to say, yes, I'm going to do that. But remember, this man, he has a limit on his love. So he thinks, all right, I am loving my neighbor wholeheartedly. But hold on, I can't do that for everybody So I've got to limit the number of people I'm going to love like that. So there are some people I don't like, so I'm going to exclude them. And in fact, really haven't got the time to love everybody wholeheartedly, so I'm just going to love these little group here. And all these other people, they're kind of like non-persons in his mind. Because he's thinking of this limited love. And so the, law, the lawyer asks him, who is my neighbor? It's really asking, who do I have to to actually love? He's limiting love, and that's actually a contradiction because you can't limit real love. Not the love of God. How can love be limited? You know you hear people say, oh, "I don't love you anymore." They did at the wedding, the wedding ceremony, "But now I don't love you anymore." What they really meant to say back there at the wedding ceremony is, "I loved you with limits. I'm going to love you with limits. I've come to the end of my limit. I'm not going to love you anymore." That's not love. So, who is my neighbor? In other words, I do show love, but to a limited number of people. So I do show love to my neighbour, but only to people who I see as my neighbour. The rest are out of my circle. And so Jesus calls us instead, though, to a love without limits. Love everyone, he says, even your enemies. That's the kind of love that Jesus is trying to show this man through the story. There's no limit to the true love. Is it possible to love like this? Is it possible for you to love with no limits? Anybody want to give me an answer? I'm going to say to you, that's not possible. We haven't got it in us to love like that. We always go back to the limits. You know, how much can I, how much must I give? How much do I have to do? How many times must I forgive somebody? That's another question that comes up in another part of the scriptures. Is it possible for us to live with this unlimited love? All I can say is thanks be to God, because the one who tells this story this parable, is the embodiment of compassion and mercy and unlimited love on earth. Jesus, God's son, is the one who came into the world to show us how this unlimited love operates and that this is how it is with God. He never asked questions like, how many people do I need to save to become the Messiah? Or How many people do I need to love to be recognised as God? How much do I have to give up if I'm going to be both God and man? Do I have to stay on earth every night? Perhaps I could just come to earth during the daytime and go back to heaven because the beds in heaven are far better than the ones on earth. You know, is that the limit of what I've got to do? What does Jesus say at one stage? Foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Even having no home, no bed, was not too much for Jesus to do, to come to earth. There are no limits on his love for us. And Jesus doesn't put any limits on his being with us. Not even a bed, not even needing a house to call his own. But don't think that Jesus wasn't tested in his limits of love. Remember the Garden of Gethsemane? What did he pray? And I'm going to paraphrase here. Do I have to go to the cross? Do I have to? That's what he prayed to God when he said, take this cup from me. See, we're at the limit of even for God, for Jesus. And when he prayed that prayer, what do you think the Father said back to him? Did he say, You have to do it, son. It's your duty. You've got to go to the cross. You have to do it. I'm going to say to you that when Jesus prayed that prayer, Do I have to go to the cross? The Father said nothing. He was silent. And then you can imagine Jesus in his reflection saying, There are no limits to our love, Father, are there? I'm going to go to the cross. I'll give my life on the cross as we agreed before I came. And so that's why Jesus tells this parable to show the right question is not how little can I do for my neighbour, but how much can I do for everybody I meet? And so we heard how that guy got injured on the road and interesting, neither pictures, neither the gospel reading nor the children's talk thankfully showed no violence, just only the result. And there he lies and then some people come past the priest and the levi and they walked by they saw their neighbor but you see they had limits on their love because they knew for a start that if they touched this body they'd have to be doing um, getting ready or cleansing themselves for the next week and so they knew that they had to serve at the temple and they couldn't they couldn't put off you know they couldn't do that put it off for a week getting cleansed again so there was a limit on their love. But then this Samaritan, whom everybody hated and detested, and I don't know who that would be today. Perhaps it's the Russians at this point in time. We have a pretty detestation for them in what they've done to Ukraine. But it's a Samaritan, the people they hated. And he comes along and he bandages up the wounds, pours some oil on. By the way, that would have been enough, wouldn't it? That would have been enough. But no, he puts him on the donkey, takes him to the inn. Again, that would have been enough. That's showing mercy. But no, what's he do? He even pays for the future care of this man. That's limitless love. That's generous love. There's no bounds to that. And he shows this unlimited love to the guy on the road that was his enemy. And Jesus says, who was a neighbor to that man? And the man says, not the third one, he actually says, the one who showed mercy. Now the word for mercy in Greek is means pity, compassion, I actually looked it up and there's actually another related word that is very close to it. It actually means chopping board, a table on which meat was chopped up. So when you see your neighbours, do we see how they've been chopped up in their lives? How they've been on the chopping block? Or do I say, how much do I need to give to that person? That's the question. Can we live like this with this kind of mercy in our hearts? Again, I've got to say, I don't believe so. It's not possible to show this unlimited love, to have this kind of mercy on everybody. But as I said before, there's hope. Because Jesus is the one who has shown unlimited love to each one of you. And not only to you, to everybody else in the world. And he is the source of that love without limits. But we've got to plug into him every day, every Sunday. That's why we hear the word, because it's changing us. It's giving that power to live. Do you remember that song we sang before, give me oil in my lamp? I thought that should have been after the sermon, because that's what it really is, the message. I have to have that kind of love in me if I'm going to give it out. I can't manufacture it from within. One of the things, I don't know if you know Danny Brock, who's planting a church in Western Sydney. One of the things that he does as part of his normal activity is he gives, whenever he buys something, he he, will usually give them more than they ask for. So if he asks, if he gets a cup of coffee, it's $4.50, he'll say, here's $5.00. And he'll do that every time he goes to that person. What do you think that does for that other person? He doesn't want to focus on the boundary, how much do I need to pay for this coffee? But how can I be generous to this person? That's his way of living out God's love without limits. And if we're connected to God frequently, we might just become like that every day. And that's why we need to be reading the Word each day, coming to hear it here at Sundays, and then we can live it out. I want to give you some homework. This week, try giving someone more than they asked for. So... I'll give you some examples. If you're having a haircut, try giving the, the hairdresser $5 more. Or if you're paying a restaurant bill, try giving them $10 more. And if you're a landlord, what about giving some rent reprieve to your tenants? Whatever it is, try giving it something extra. And just see what happens. See what happens in the other person. See what happens in you and see what it feels like. It's an amazing experience. It's, and so that's your homework. Just do it once this week. See what it goes on. Love without limits. God does it for you. Will you do it for others? And become a fountain of charity and a fountain of goodness and love in the world. Because when you're connected to God, you are truly empowered to treat everyone as your neighbour. And love them with that unlimited love. Amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Messiah, the one who is our Saviour. Amen.